G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. I mean, Smithy, we're lucky we're doing this on a Thursday because I tell you what, I needed a bit of a rest after the weekend, mate. It was absolute <laughs> chaos. Oh, just from the, the Sunday match, Kempi. Holy. I think we all needed a little bit of a breather. Put the feet up for 24 hours and just get over what had happened. But what a what a cracking start to the final series for 2022. A couple, uh, couple of upsets, maybe. In, in some people's eyes, some upsets. Others probably thinking, no, no, I back that, I back that team. I back Canberra to go down there and beat the Storm. Oh. Oh, no. I'm out. Oh, I'm out. no. Oh, he's gone. He's done. That's what's Take broken over. him. Finally, it's broken him. We've got the great Smithy. We've broken him. He's there out the first week. Uh, mate, it was, you're totally right. It was an incredible weekend of footy. Welcome to all our listeners. However you're tuning in, 1170 on SEN, 1620 on the Goldie, 50, uh, 1053 in Brizzy. Uh, Queensland listeners listening via SENQ on DAB+. Or if you're listening live on the SEN app, make sure to download the SEN app at the App Store or the Google Play Store. Or you can listen belatedly on Apple and Spotify. You just go to the Captain's Run, you hit subscribe, and boom, you can listen to us anytime. You can go back and look at old episodes, everything. But on today's show, we're going to break down all the recent news, Rugby League. We've got the finals week two preview, plus your texts and your call. So give us a call on 1300-01-1170. And you can ask me all of your footy questions or give us a text 0457-736-736. Now, I mean, let's just get a quick wrap of the games on the weekend. So obviously we had the Penny Panthers getting the job done over the years. I don't think the, I mean, look, the score does, I think, reflect a dominant Panthers, but the Eels were quite dominant for the first half. They, they, they clearly came out and really came alive in that second half. Then we had mm-hmm. the uh, the absolute blockbuster in the Cowboys versus Sharkies. Yep. And holy, that was an incredible – when you talk about high-quality footy mixed in with that, um, I guess, fatigue factor and mental toughness, amazing mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I mean, the, the games on the weekend were of the, the highest standard. Even – look, I, I would say the Roosters-Rabbitohs wasn't the highest standard, but it was mm-hmm. one of the most exciting games I've ever watched. Smithy, how did you kind of feel across the board in regards to the week <laughs> one finals footy? Yeah, well, they each had their own sort of narrative, wasn't it, at the, at the end of the, the match? And, and no game was sort of the same style of footy. Um, it, when you think about, you know, the first game that we watched on the weekend, Penrith v. Uh, the Eels, like, as you mentioned, Kepi, up at half time, it was one point, the difference. So Mitch Moses goes for a field goal, misses. Penrith get an opportunity to go down the other end and then Cleary slots it. And, and they go into the sheds at half time at 7-6. So you're thinking, well, like, what a what a match we've got in our hands. And it's what everyone expected Parramatta were the only team in the competition that had beaten the Panthers twice um, throughout the regular games. So a lot of people are actually saying, well, this is this is the game where Parramatta can knock Penrith off and, and jag a, a, a preliminary final, a grand final qualifier. But they just, what Penrith did and what they've done so well over the past, you know, two seasons, I believe, with the style of footy that they're playing, they just, they just, got themselves into a real grindy style of football in the second half. And just what they did was they they just they made Parramatta break. Now, I know they had the um, – Mitch Moses went off uh, with a head knock. And that really sort of hurt their chances, I believe. I thought, you know, he was playing some pretty good football up to that point, particularly his kicking 
I thought it it uh, it was turning Penrith around a lot. It was putting a lot of pressure um, on Dylan Edwards and and their wingers when he, he he kicked a lot of a couple of early ones and put it on the ground and just made it uncomfortable for Penrith. But when he went off, they just they lost their way a little bit, Parramatta. So um, just they, on they, just on that, Smithy. Yeah. What are your thoughts on you know? Jacob Arthur, he was carried on the bench, and it's a really interesting selection because I understand all the baggage that comes with it. It's father, son, rah, rah, but I want to talk more specifically about the footy selection. Yep. Now, Jacob Arthur, he's a seven and only a seven, mm-hmm. and even when he's coming on the field, surely Dylan Brown is the main guy, even with Arthur yeah. coming on the field, and I just think that selection was really surprising. Like, why, why wouldn't you carry a guy like Bryce Cartwright who can – come on and play six and then Brown can come seven. But Cartwright can also play a bunch of different. I just, I was a bit unsure about that selection. What are your thoughts on the fact that they had a specific seven on the bench? Well, maybe, maybe Jacob Arthur can play a little bit of nine as well. Like uh, we're not sure. Like we we don't know. We're not a training. Maybe he does a little bit of training, a little bit of preparation to play nine. So if anything was to happen to Reed Marnie, he can fill that void as well. Because Mm. like a lot of clubs take a utility player. Yeah. Someone that can play, you know, multiple positions, particularly um, can go in and play nine. Um, you know, like the Panthers, they have two nines. Yep. Um, uh, so does Canberra. So does Melbourne. Um, and and so maybe maybe Jake Arthur can play a little bit of nine if he has to. Um, but I'll, that, that's the one thing I was a little bit surprised with. Not, this, not so much the selection, Kempe, was when Mitch Moses went off, I, I just feel as though, you know, Dylan Brown needed to st- – Step up a little bit, mm. and it was it was almost he had a very quiet game by his standards. Mm. I didn't. I'm not saying he played poorly, but he had a he had a quite a, a quiet game um, to his standards. So, look, I, I'm sure that you know he's reviewed his own match, and and as has every Parramatta player, um, and they know that now it's it's do or die. So mm. they burnt their they burnt their chance. Um, it's gone. Um, so they need to make this next performance count if they if they're going to go forward in the competition. And, and what did you think about Cleary's performance? You know, obviously there's the, the rave reviews and we all agree, you know, the Prince is back and he, he didn't, you were right, you predicted, you didn't feel he did need any warm-up games, he was going to be good to go. I personally felt the first half he was solid, really strong kicking, yep. but I thought it took him about 40 minutes to realise, you know, I need to start running the ball. What Cleary's performance, mm. where do you kind of feel, is he primed and ready for a big, you know, push into the grand final, do you think? Yeah, well, I think he is, mate. I really do. And uh, we, we spoke about this when, um, what, six weeks ago when he was suspended, or six and a half weeks ago now, when he was suspended for that tackle on, on Dylan Brown um, against Parramatta. And just saying, like, oh, I really felt that this would, it would be almost a, a positive, not just for Nathan, but for that entire Penrith squad, that that he was going to spend some time away from that team. Um, yeah, just for the games. He's obviously training with them every day. But they're going to go out and play some footy without Nathan, who is their – he is their key man. Mm. He is the player that that um, is central to their entire game plan. You, you can see with the way they play. Now, they've got some great individual players that can come up with you know, their own brilliance at times. But their their game plan is based all around Nathan. Mm. Um, and, but that, and that's the thing that he's so strong at. That's the strongest part of his game. Like, he's not a – He's not a player that plays a lot of um, instinctive football, although he, he he can at times. But the way he base he bases his game ninety five percent of his game is based on a system and a structure that he builds um, 
with his squad during the week mm. and with the coaches. And so the, his his strong point of his game, though, Kempi, is that so anytime he gets the ball, he's got three or four options. Mm. So he can pass short, he can pass out the back, he can pass on his inside, or he can run the football, or he can kick. Mm. So there are his options. And then what he does is his greatest ability is when he gets the ball, when he looks up and sees his defense, whatever, whatever uh, picture he looks at defensively, that then says, okay, that's the play I put on. Mm. And, and so what he was so good at on the weekend was he didn't overplay his hand early, as you said. He kicked strongly. There's no doubt about that. He put Wonga Blake under all, oh my God. all sorts of. I had and nightmares probably, for Wonga Blake. I was going to say, we could probably touch on that quickly with you being a winger. But, but, but as he got into the game and they started building a bit more momentum through the middle, the Parramatta defense started getting a little bit more fatigued. That's when he seen options to run. And, you know, he come up with a, a couple of nice little plays towards the end of the game there where, he, where he, set, he ended up setting up a try when he, he touched the ball like three consecutive tackles in a row. But um, it was just a... I guess the thing that that made his performance stand out more was because he'd been away for so long, mm. and I, and I don't think many people sort of expected him to come back and play that well. But you got to understand, this is this is one of the one of the elite players of the competition, and he's not someone that if he's not playing is just going to sit there and do nothing. He would have had himself. He, he would have trained more. Put it this way, he would have trained. I reckon more often and longer and harder than what he would have if he was playing, mm. if you understand that. Yeah. It's because he was able to. Yeah. He's not getting banged up. He's not getting hit around on the weekend. So he took the time to get in the gym, which he hasn't had a lot of opportunity to over the last 12 months because of that shoulder injury. So he would have been in the gym. He would have been getting strong. He would have been getting fit. And, and he just would have come out feeling fresh and, and just really good about himself last week. Mate, he, he looks... So sharp. And you're right, he didn't miss a beat. I, as I said, I was a bit concerned. I was like, I just think he might need a game. But you're absolutely right. And in regards to the training, it's almost um, – it's when you're in a squad and you're in the rehab, it's almost yep. a bit of a punishment. It's almost <laughs> like – It feels like that. It feels you? like it, even though it's not. But, like, it's kind of like if you're in rehab, we are going to absolutely towel you up. For, I mean, for a couple mm. of reasons. We don't – you don't want to be in rehab. But no. also, you need to be even fitter than you were before because you've got an opportunity here to work on things like your cardio, whether it's your upper body strength, mm. um, always improving, and Cleary did that. In regards to Wonga Blake, yeah, look, really, really tough night. I, I will say in Wonga Blake's defense, and although I think, you know, as a winger, you've got to do your job, and unfortunately he, he didn't, um, he hasn't played that much wing. You know, he's mainly mm-hmm. been a center. Yep. It's, it's, it's interesting because... It doesn't really get, I guess, talked about as much as I think it probably should, and that's probably because I'm a winger. But those catching those high balls, that's a specialty. That, that, is, not, that is not an easy task. And no. I, I think some fans don't realize the amount of time and effort goes in to wingers in training that. Me, we had full sessions for kicking and catching. Like, yeah. that, you yep. know, Sometimes they might go an hour before. We would rock up an hour before everyone else, mm. and we would literally just be catching for an hour over yeah. and over and over. Yeah. Um, me personally, whenever I got under a bomb, I would you say to myself, because like sometimes I feel like when I see a winger drop a ball, it's because they're thinking about everything that's going on. Oh, what's the kick yeah. chase doing? Am I about to yes. get smashed? Is the crowd, <laughs> what's going on? I used to say to myself, <laughs> I used to say to myself, you're going to get smashed. Yes. It doesn't matter. Yep. And then it would just take that out of my, my mind of like, okay, you've got to be willing to, like in my yeah. debut, I remember there was a, when I scored a try on my debut, it was a kick return try. 
and it was a it was a chip over the top, and mm-hmm. it bounced in like that no man's land. Yep, yep. And yep. basically, so you got to commit yourself exactly. And so before I started running, I said, I don't care if I get knocked out, I'm not changing my <laughs> line. <laughs> um, and it worked for me. And I think, like, I think some of the like that's something that wingers you can kind of get in your head. You say, take out of your head what possibly could happen, like getting knocked out or whatever. Mm. And mm. just think of the ball. Um, yep. It sounds simple, but I think Wonga Blake, as if he plays winger more often, I think he'll he'll uh, slowly uh, get better at that. Uh, yeah. In regards to the Eels' performance, the second half completion rate was just yep. unacceptable. Unacceptable yep. in a finals game. What did you feel of the second half of the Eels? Yeah, and, and that's that's partly due. Like sometimes you just you got to have a look at the opposition as well. Can't be like mm. you can't just go, oh look, yeah, geez, they were bad. The Eels. Mm. Sometimes you got to look at the opposition. And go, they were very good. Yeah, like they were very good. Like they just they did all the little things really well. And again, we go back to the kicking. Like they were kicked to death. Mm. Like the the difference in the kicking games was was you know they, they were poles apart, particularly when Moses left the field. Mm, um, and so what they did was they were just constantly under pressure, constantly under pressure. And so what pressure does? Pressure brings mistakes. Mm. More times than not, in those high in the in those high pressure games like semifinals and a, and a, a game like that one, a qualifying final to, to put yourself into a prelim, it brings pressure because you go searching, mm. you go searching outside of your game plan, you go searching for things that you you haven't practiced all week, um, and that's when errors occur. So mm. they had a low completion rate, and they were just under the pump the entire time. So. Yeah, you know, oh, for Eels fans, I'd like to see them bounce back. Like, imagine being an Eels fan and they go out straight sets. Oh, straight sets. Oh, mate, we'll get we'll, <laughs> we'll get to it in the preview because there's a lot yeah. to talk about in regards to, you know, what are the ramifications? Because they have mm. to make a prelim. Like, yeah, they have to because yep. they're on. Well, they've, they've, they've been kicked across to the other side. They should yep. beat the Raiders, and that's not like the Raiders are going great, but the yeah. Eels are a premiership. You know. Yep. Well, like we're talking about, you know, some of the things that didn't do so well and, and whatnot, but three guys I, I wanted to give a rap to, though, Kempi, and um, oh, we speak about these guys a lot, so you, you might agree, but Regan Campbell-Gillard, yeah. again, fantastic. Junior Bolo, and I thought um, Ryan Madison yes. was strong as well. Absolutely. Like they, the the amount of work and, and a lot of the tough carries that they had were just, you know, like they, they tried their absolute hearts out for um, the Eels last weekend, and... and you know, they were coming up against a very good forward pack in, in Penrith too, like full of representative players. Mm. RCG at the moment for my, like he'd be, he'd be, if not, he'd be equal form front row of the competition. Mm. You know, with like a James Fisher-Harris. Tarpanay. Yeah, Tarpanay. Um, you, you know, you'd probably throw, you know, the Lodge-Hargreaves um, combination in there as well, but those those guys are gone. There's no... The, there's no secret as to why these teams are still a part of finals. Mm. It's because they've all got their big boys. Their their starting props are all in good form. Mm. You know, so like people tend to look at oh the fullback and you know the the halfback and they're all you know they're the they're the key players. Look back on a lot of premierships won by teams over however many years you want to go back, and you look at the, their starting props and the form they take into that final series. More times than not, they'd be. Yeah, the best prompts in the comp. Mm, yeah, for sure. absolutely, I agree. In regards to RCG and even the, the pen, uh, the Eels forward pack. If you go back and watch that game, 
The Eels four pack, in my opinion, won the first half, and they put they won the field position. And you only win field position with two things: kicking and your forward pack. Usually, now obviously sometimes the game has changed and wingers can get you there, but it's mainly the forward pack. And I thought the forward pack, especially in the first half, were absolutely yep. outstanding for the Eels. It's just about the eighty-minute performance for me with the Eels. If they can get that same uh, discipline for eighty minutes, mm. they can really. I mean, look, it was seven-six. Like it was seven-seven-six going That's right. They were, they were there. Yeah, they were right there. So anyway, we're going to head to a break. Give us a call one three hundred. 011170. Ask us all your footy questions about the finals, about you know players laying down, about head highs, about sin bins, whatever you want. Uh, also, give us a text 0457 736 736. We've got 1,000 texts here. But after the break, we're going to give the review uh, of uh, Cowboys versus Sharks, an absolutely epic encounter. You don't want to miss it. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.